Welcome to Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and healthcare leaders, hosted by Mike Sakopoulos and produced by the American Association for Physician Leadership. An army marches on its stomach. Napoleon Bonaparte was alleged to have remarked. In the same vein, healthcare providers march forward in PPE. Supply chain problems have disturbed healthcare in recent times. The pandemic and its wake have taxed the supply chain. Physician leaders have been called upon to wrestle with supply chain issues in novel ways. Today, we will hear from one of those physician leaders. Prepare to learn from the voice of experience, next on Sound Practice. Jimmy Chung is Chief Medical Officer of Advantis Health Partners. Dr. Chung is a practicing surgeon. He is Chair of the Association for Healthcare Resources and Material Management Advisory Board. Dr. Chung is also on the board of the American Association for Physician Leadership. Jimmy Chung, welcome to Sound Practice. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, we're thrilled to, to have you. Um, Dr. Chung, can you Explain your roles in your health system, the hats you wear related to supply chain management. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So um, as you mentioned, I'm uh, a board certified general surgeon for about 22 years now. For the past 10 years or so, I've been uh, in an administrative role focusing on um, what we refer to as supply chain, but also uh, really thinking about how we manage resources and uh, best and, and uh, incorporate best practice into our clini- uh, clinical services so that we can uh, reduce waste and maximize the value of care being provided to our patients. And so my current role, uh, which actually to be, uh, to be honest, uh, I started just over a year ago, uh, is Chief Medical Officer for Advantage Health Partners, which is a, a supply chain uh, solutions company that was uh, spun out of a large um, integrated delivery network called uh, Bonsecor he- uh, Mercy Health. So Bonsecor Mercy Health is a 50 hospital system based in Cincinnati. Uh, they um, have spun out several of their um, shared service uh, shared services uh, to become uh, commercialized and provide same uh, services for other health systems. And so supply chain is one of them. And so while being entirely owned uh, under Bonsacor Mercy Health, we are uh, a supply chain uh, solutions company that is now offering solutions for other health organizations. And my role in that company is to drive uh, the clinical strategy and alignment uh, to ensure that we create the best value for our uh, offerings and to ensure that we're aligned with the clinical strategies for our customers. So uh, it's both a, I guess, a business um, aligned uh, role as well as a clinically aligned role. Uh, previous to this, I played a similar role for uh, uh, for Providence, which is another uh, over 50 hospital organization in um, uh, that's based in, in Seattle, Washington. And uh, 
uh, over there, I did a similar role for supply chain, but also led the perioperative service line. So uh, bringing that uh, level of expertise to my current role. Well, certainly it's been a interesting, if not challenging time when related to, to supply chains. What's the status, and I hesitate to use the term post-pandemic, um, with supply chains in, in hospitals. During the, the height of the pandemic, so much of the news was focused uh, upon PPE. Maybe you can talk about how things are looking for the winter of uh, 2023. Yeah, I think we've definitely learned collectively as a health system, we learned a lot about uh, uh, about supply chain and how uh, we reacted to the shortages that uh, became very apparent during the pandemic. Um, you know, to be quite honest, I think the uh, the general uh, agreement is that the supply chain uh, worked, uh, responded just as it was designed, uh, even though that uh, it appear to have failed from the clinician perspective or the provider perspective, uh, it was actually not designed to, um, to be able to respond to a pandemic uh, and the uh, response that humans often have when there is a shortage, which is irrational buying and, um, uh, and uh, you know, dealing with these shortages that were really un unpredictable. And so, uh, you know, I think we have learned from that. We've also learned that uh, it is important to uh, enroll the uh, expertise of uh, physicians and clinical leadership into supply chain. Um, we actually did a study on this, one of the groups that I've worked with, uh, that showed that most of the large organizations that um, experienced shortages during this time uh, benefited significantly from having a physician uh, leader within supply chain to help guide some of the um, allocation and utilization, appropriate utilization of PPE uh, during that time. And so uh, coming into the, uh, the winter of this year, I think, you know, again, we have to worry about the flu, uh, uh, potential flu epidemics that could occur as well as uh, dealing with um, various surges in COVID uh, cases that may occur. And, uh, you know, especially now that I think people have um, moved away from using masks and uh, social distancing uh, outside of healthcare facilities, uh, we may see a, um, an increase in COVID cases as well as uh, flu cases. Um, from a supply chain perspective, I think we've learned that uh, appropriate utilization and evidence-based use is what was critical to ensure that uh, everyone was protected. And uh, now, uh, by adjusting the way we, um, we work with our physicians and clinicians uh, and ensuring that, uh, uh, that we have actual um, stockpiles of the PPEs as, as we are going to need them, uh, and also working with uh, local and uh, uh, as well as uh, the uh, manufacturers and supplier uh, community a little bit better. I, I don't think we'll have a PPE issue uh, 
with the current state of um, uh, COVID uh, um, diseases that we have in place. And so uh, I think our, our utilization is better. I think our preparation is, is a lot better and our communication and partnerships with our vendor community is also a lot better so that we're more properly um, uh, prepared for, uh, for what's coming. All of that sounds like uh, good news and, and lessons learned. Um, you you mentioned this a little bit, but I, I'd like to know more about formal roles that physicians can play in health systems or, or hospital supply chain departments. Could you talk a little bit more about that, please? Yeah, and this is actually a very, uh, I think it's a very broad and controversial topic in which that physicians traditionally have been taught to honor the, um, the, the doctor-patient relationship and that we are ultimately responsible for making the decisions that, it, that we think is best for our patients. Mm -hmm. um, we're not necessarily trained very well, to be quite honest, to uh, work as part of a team or to collaborate with others. I think most of us physicians have that as something that we think we're good at. Uh, we think that we're good at, uh, at teamwork. And there's actually some studies that, that have shown that disconnect of what physicians believe and how we're actually perceived. So physicians often think that we're, um, we're good team players, uh, whereas uh, our coworkers perceive us as uh, poor team players. It's really fascinating to see that. Mm -hmm. um, so while we are uh, trying to do what we think is best for our patients, uh, so is everybody else. The hospital administrators, the um, CMOs, the CFOs, the, the chief nursing officers, they're all trying to do what we think collectively is best for our patients. What often happens in the world of supply chain is that um, surgeons in particular have been trained uh, to use certain products uh, over their training period um, that we think works best. And we think works best, meaning it's in, in, in our hands, it, we get the best outcomes because we've trialed a number of different products. And depending on where you were trained and what the circumstances were, you know, we all may uh, uh, come to a different conclusion as to what products work best for us in our own hands for our patients. And so when we bring that to the, the hospital realm, uh, you know, for many years, uh, hospitals were open to letting the surgeons choose what they want to choose and what they think is, you know, best for their patients. Um, in those years, we didn't have a whole lot of data. Uh, we relied on what physicians told us, uh, told, told the hospitals. We uh, relied on our own, our own experience um, that physicians uh, and surgeons like myself have experienced and thought that, you know, that that's what we would rely on. But as we collect more and more outcomes data and look at uh, data registries and we start looking at the, uh, the cost component of value, uh, value meaning um, the components are uh, quality and outcomes over cost. So we, as we start getting more data for the cost aspect of the value of the care that we provide, 
we realize that there's a significant amount of variation there uh, and variability in how much um, the procedures have cost the system and the patient, regardless of the, uh, the quality or the outcomes uh, that the patient experiences. And so this variability then leads to waste. Uh, it also leads to uh, potential patient safety issues. Uh, if you have, for example, 10 surgeons doing things 10 different, 10 different ways with 10 different vendors, that's 10 different ways that the staff has to learn how to uh, manage the patients. Uh, and so there's a significant risk there for potential error uh, that could harm the patient. Um, not to mention just the even the operational inefficiencies that's caused by uh, too many uh, various different uh, care pathways and so forth. So um, starting from the, uh, the way physicians um, uh, manage uh, illnesses, manage patients, and, uh, and perform procedures, uh, diagnose procedures to uh, the decisions that we make for the products that we use, the way the products are used, um, the way we um, then work with the, uh, the product suppliers and vendors to maximize our uh, value uh, from them, uh, there's a significant amount of variability. And these are all uh, variations that actually uh, are created by physicians and their preferences. And so one of the things that I focus on now is how do we um, reduce the importance of preference to, uh, uh, to rely more on data and evidence. Because I think in the end, even though physicians do have their preferences, if we had reliable data and evidence that can teach physicians um, you know, what is actually the ideal uh, way to take care of patients and uh, choose products uh, responsibly and utilize uh, resources and products uh, uh, responsibly, um, then I think physicians will gravitate towards better, uh, better value. And we just have to figure out how to do that uh, as best as we can so that physicians are getting the message that we're actually all doing this together uh, for the best uh, outcomes and, the, and, and value of the care that we provide for our patients, as opposed to uh, the message that physicians often get from administration, which is um, we're trying to save money and cut costs, and therefore you must use what we ask, what we tell you to use. And that's uh, obviously not the message that, that uh, we want physicians to hear, but I think uh, unless we're aligned and we have appropriate communication uh, um, that's the message that they're going to hear. And so that's an area we have to work on. Well, that you've really anticipated my, my next question, you know, because it relates to, to messaging about um, how should supply chain leaders communicate with physicians? What do you find is the best method uh, of, of communications? Well, a couple of things. One is, uh, again, having a physician leader uh, as part of your supply chain team uh, is pretty significant. And that, again, the study that I referred to earlier showed that those hospitals that employed a, a dedicated role 
such as medical director of supply chain, um, which is actually now becoming more popular, uh, tend, to, tend to have more um, success in communication of, uh, and this was during COVID, so we clearly needed good communication. And so uh, tended to have more success in communicating with their physicians for a success of their initiative. And that carried on beyond just the PPEs and uh, the pandemic to um, even putting uh, uh, or getting uh, physician uh, together to, uh, to work together under that physician leadership. So that, I think that's a, pr a pretty critical aspect of um, a successful communication plan. The other is to be uh, very forthright and transparent. You know, we want to provide all of the insights and all of the data that physicians can use so that uh, we don't come off as uh, being, um, you know, uh, trying to hide behind uh, a hidden message of any sort. So for example, if we're going to uh, speak to physicians about a initiative where we want to uh, reduce the, the number of uh, suppliers in order to uh, reduce waste and cost, then we need to be very honest about that to say that the primary goal of this is to uh, reduce cost while uh, not uh, affecting quality. Sometimes, uh, I think uh, some supply chain professionals approach physicians uh, with, uh, with the uh, message that we're trying to improve quality, which in essence, even though that may be a, an ultimate goal, uh, I think if we use that approach without actually being honest and saying that, you know, yes, but really what we're trying to do here is to improve efficiency and cost, um, you know, I think the physicians may see that as being somewhat disingenuous. You know, if we say, well, we're going to improve quality, but we don't really have any data to show that, then that's not going to be very helpful. So again, uh, physician leadership and uh, second, uh, transparency and being uh, honest about uh, how we want to approach these uh, initiatives, I think is going to be the most successful uh, key points in communicating with our physicians. It strikes me that physicians have a good bit to gain too. And we've been discussing this more from the point of view of the health system and communicating with physicians. But what do you believe physicians gain by working with supply chain teams? Well, you know, I think that's a, a, another very important point that physicians may need to uh, have a better understanding of through just thinking outside the box. Uh, because the initial response that we all get uh, after speaking to physicians about a particular uh, supply chain initiative is, well, what's in it for me? You want me to change, what am I getting out of this? And so supply chain uh, organizations or supply chain professionals have really struggled with how do we prove value to the physicians uh, while in essence, a lot of the physicians are being asked to change their practice. And so um, sometimes there have been uh, some 
you know, uh, innovative ideas through gain sharing or uh, shared savings programs. Uh, I'm not necessarily a good, a big fan of those because they're not necessarily sustainable. And also, I think uh, financially, um, uh, incentivizing physicians um, is both, uh, again, not sustainable. And secondly, it doesn't align to the values and the goals of the organization necessarily. Uh, and it could potentially lead to some um, uh, regulatory uh, oversight that uh, could be you know, somewhat tricky. And so um, the messaging that I think is more important to the physicians in terms of well, what's the value that they get from working with supply chain is that number one, uh, they get to participate uh, in uh, deciding on uh, what the best way to take care of a patient is. Again, if you have 10 different ways of taking care of a patient, not just from a supply chain perspective, but from a care pathway and um, you know, the diagnostics and uh, treatment perspective, uh, you know, I think we all want to be able to provide fit patients with the best experience. And so how do we participate in, uh, in creating that experience for the patient? And I think uh, knowing that my patients will go through a much more um, uh, predictable and reliable and consistent experience uh, is something that's meaningful, at least you know, to me as a physician, and I would think that for most physicians. Secondly, um, the, uh, when we remove inefficiencies and reduce costs, uh, and uh, reduce waste from a hospital uh, system, uh, the system itself becomes more efficient. And so not only would you see, for example, as a surgeon, um, a uh, reduced uh, cost for products, but it will translate to better efficiencies in the OR um, environment, the operations, uh, you'll see uh, better management of, um, uh, of uh, the staff and of the, uh, the block times, and uh, you'll see improvements in uh, you know, uh, first case uh, on time starts and uh, turnover times, et cetera, as part of a uh, overall uh, process improvement. And having the physician be a part of that process you know, I think is uh, pretty important. And also uh, as a physician, you would enjoy having uh, being work or working in an environment that's much more efficient and cost-effective. Um, also indirectly, you'll note that um, when a hospital becomes more successful financially, uh, as well as uh, providing good care that uh, results in good outcomes, then, um, your hospital will be able to continue to take care of the, the patients that you want to bring there. And so uh, I think the mindset for the physician has to be that uh, uh, we have to get away, get out of that um, us versus them type of uh, mentality and start recognizing that uh, you are both part of the problem as well as part of the solution. And once you have that mindset, then uh, it becomes much easier to buy in to the, the process and 
Um, you might not agree 100% with everything that the hospital is trying to do, but uh, as being part of the conversation and being, uh, uh, being involved, uh, you'll definitely have a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of benefit that, you'll, that, you, that you can gain as a physician and, and provider. Well said, Dr. Chung. Or time's um, coming close to an end, but we've looked at supply chain from the, the point of view of the health system. And then your great answer in, in terms of looking at it um, from the physician's point of view, I guess I'd like to conclude by uh, talking about it from the, the patient's point of view. And it, it's been described that patients benefit from strong supply change, which promote better outcomes, reduce lengths of stay in institutions. Um, could you expand a little bit upon this? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, going back to what I said earlier about the, um, the sanctity of the patient-doctor-patient relationship, you know, I think, especially with the new generation uh, and perhaps with the older generations as well, I think that's more of a uh, a concept for the physicians than it is for the patients. Uh, and again, with my my personal experience of seeing patients for uh, a couple of decades, I think the impression that I get is that uh, what patients really want is security and uh, consistency and reliability in the care that they receive. You know, we have to start thinking of patients as consumers, uh, I know, uh, and customers. And I know that in the medical field, uh, we've, uh, physicians have been long uh, ingrained to think that uh, the term customer is somewhat of a demeaning term that diminishes the role of the, the patient as well as the, the, the physician. But I actually think that the term customer elevates the patient into a level that uh, gives them even more rights and more expectations. And so while a patient certainly is a patient, uh, you know, they're also a customer, just like an airline passenger is a passenger, but they're also a customer, which means that as a patient, uh, as a patient customer, we should, um, we should certainly uh, honor their expectations of getting good service. And good service means that it's reliable, uh, that it's easy, uh, and that uh, they should expect consistent results. Uh, in the world of healthcare right now, we are not at that level yet where we can deliver consistent results. Physician, uh, patients still have to shop around for who they think is the best surgeon or who they think is the best hospital. That shouldn't be something that we should burden patients to do. Uh, patients, just like if you were to schedule uh, a flight uh, and you don't have to worry about you know, the, the safety record of any airline or any particular airport or any particular pilot, um, that should be the same for healthcare where a physician or a patient, where a patient who needs surgery uh, should be able to determine uh, where they want to have the surgery and by whom uh, that they need. Uh, regardless of uh, any concerns about uh, quality or outcomes, uh, that they should be able to make those decisions based on what's important to them 
And in a population, it shouldn't really matter where you have your surgery or where you get your care, uh, because we should have standards that uh, that uh, ensures the uh, that assures the the patient that uh, you will get the highest quality care and the best outcomes consistently, regardless of where you go. And so I think for them, it's really less important to them uh, in terms of uh, the, uh, from a supply chain perspective, what product a physician happens to choose or use uh, during the surgery, then it is uh, more about uh, what's really important to them. You know? um, and so uh, the physicians, I think we need to start thinking more about that as, as the primary driver for what we choose uh, and which vendors we work with, as opposed to uh, relying on our own preferences and thinking about, well, I know everybody else uses you know, brand A, but I choose brand B because that's what's important to me. And I think we need to start uh, getting away from that to really put the patient in the center. My guest has been Dr. Jimmy Chung. He's the Chief Medical Officer of Advantis Health Partners. Dr. Chung, thank you so much for being on Sound Practice. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. My thanks to Dr. Jimmy Chung. His experience and thoughts provide useful information to other physician leaders. My thanks also to the American Association for Physician Leadership for making this podcast possible. Please join me next time on Sound Practice. We release a new episode every other Wednesday. You've been listening to Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and healthcare leaders. Check out the show notes for this episode at soundpracticepodcast.com. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, we'd love to hear them. Email us at info at soundpracticepodcast.com. Subscribe to Sound Practice wherever you listen to podcasts so you can automatically receive our episodes. And please rate us and comment on the podcast in iTunes and Google Play. Sound Practice is presented and produced by the team at American Association for Physician Leadership. We are the world's premier organization for all aspects of physician leadership in every sector of healthcare. Learn more at physicianleaders.org. Had his holy cow, but man Robin would book about.